Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. He is the new football coach of the IU football program. Let's welcome into the show for the first time, Kurt Signetti. Hey, Kurt, thank you so much. I know it's been a whirlwind day, morning, afternoon, and everything, and into the evening. Thanks for taking the time out for joining us in Indy today. No, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. So um, what uh, initially, I want to know the, the connection you initially had with Scott Dolson in those first conversations you were having about the interest here, what, what he liked about you, what you liked about the situation. How easy was that connection established between you two? You know, I think pretty easy. Uh, you know, nowadays everybody in positions like mine has an agent. And, uh, you know, you speculate this job could ha- could open. Um, you know, there, there was an indication that there were some interest that my name had come up quite a bit. And uh, I think uh, the day there was a change, uh, I think Scott and I connected on the phone, had a very easy conversation. I thought he was very easy to talk to, um, felt good about the conversation, had the feeling he felt good about the conversation. You know, the next day had a Zoom with three people, um, thought that went excellent, thought it was, you know, knocked it out. And two days later, I'm sitting down with the president and the AD. So it happened really fast, um, but it was a very hard decision because I had a great job. Um, And James Madison's a special place built to win with a commitment to winning championships and everything that they do. And uh, I had a contract through 2030 and um, coming off a great year. So, But I thought this was a very unique challenge in a great league. this league in the SEC, uh, one, two, um, arguably the best league in college football at a place that had struggled a little bit lately, but still had, uh, you know, a lot of resources and really no reason that, you, uh, you know, you put your blueprint and plan together because uh, it's been successful in other turnarounds. It couldn't be successful. So, but, I, yeah. Yeah, and Kurt Signetti joins us. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, but you struck on something that really is interesting to me because of all the success you had at James Madison, and ideally you've got everybody out there that thinks, oh, well, you know, you're moving up from the Sun Belt to the Big Ten, and that's a no-brainer. But, man, when you are winning at such a high clip, having so much success and things are going right, and you're calling that place home, that, to me, has to be a difficult separation regardless of where you're going. What Was that difficult decision-wise for you? It was a brutal decision because, really, all my life, all I wanted to do was create a legacy and win a ton of games, which JMU was designed to do that. Uh, but, you know, this challenge to turn this program around in, in the greatest conference in college football – was something I felt very confident I could do, and it really got me got my juices going. And uh, you know, there's something about being comfortable versus being uncomfortable where you really have to grow. And I, I felt like I was too young to stop growing. So Kurt Sigdetti is the new head coach at IU. Man, there is something to be said about that too. 
Because we have that on every level. I mean, what I do, what you do, what everybody does out there for career, there are some points, Kurt, where you long for those uncomfortable moments to know that you're still up for those, those types of challenges. Was that one of the situations that you came and drew a conclusion to as far as taking the job in Bloomington? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, uh, it's obvious because I'm here, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, those are the choices you, and decisions you have to make in life. And yeah. I can tell you, today's been a great day. I've met some wonderful people. Uh, I've seen some great things. Uh, you know, there's some incredible new things that have been built here uh, on the Indiana campus. Had a chance to meet with the team, uh, drove up to Indianapolis and, you know, was on the Big Ten network, got to sell our brand, uh, you know, press conference, uh, met some of the coaches. I mean, it's been a, it's been a hectic day that started at uh, quarter till four in the morning. But it's been a great day. It's been a great day. And, you know, I, I, as I sit here talking to you right now, like, and, and know more about sort of the place, you know, and kind of what's going on, you know what I mean? You know, I yeah. couldn't feel be- I couldn't feel better about the potential to get done what you came here to do. Kurt Signetti is the new head coach of the IU football program. What do you see? And in, 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 you know, coaches talk about building cultures and winning cultures. What do you see in front of you that you want to mold and do with this football program? It, just in this day that you've been around it. Well, I mean, you know, we're all process driven. So you guys all usually like to hear about results, although I can tell yeah. you're a highly intelligent guy. So, you know, you know, the lingo and how we think. I don't know about that, Kurt. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Keg, Jeff, Keg, Jeff Keg may sell me that way, but I don't know if that's altogether true, Kurt. Thank you, though. But, you yes. know, uh, to me, it's one day at a time. And how much can you accomplish today? And uh, and tomorrow will be the same way. And, uh, you know, and this time of the year, it's time for this. And that time of the year, it's time for that. Right now, I'm just trying to figure out who the players are here, trying to get some guys out of the portal uh, from going, you know, guys that have played here, trying to retain them, right, that are in the portal, yeah. going to other schools is what I'm saying. And then, uh, you know, then you got to identify portal guys because you lose guys, you got to bring guys in. you got the high school recruiting part learning a little bit about the state, uh, you know, which is important. So you got a lot of balls in the air right now. Kurt Signetti joins us. Have you had conversations with um, IU guys that are currently in the transfer portal? You know, not yet. Uh, you know, today was team meeting, and it's been a pretty full day. So I, I, I yeah. suspect that will begin tomorrow. The transfer portal is something that you know, can drive you nuts, but it's something you absolutely, it's, it's kind of like I, I, this thing of, you know, if you're in the pool, you got to swim. And with the transfer portal in mind, with a lot of things, with the rule changes, you know, where we are right now, you got to, you got to start swimming. How important has this become? And I know it's been important in, in your, your life as a coach through its existence. How important is it moving forward with this IU football program? Not just with the guys that have been a part of the program, but just in general trying to bring in that right player for your culture and your program's growth. It's critical for every team in the country. And we've had great success at the places I've been with the portal because, you know, we find our kind of guy. And really, I've had more success with the FCS guys 
that were productive in their career before they came to us than the power five guys. You know, some of the biggest mistakes we've made have been the power five guys that didn't have a body of work on the field and you were bringing them in for potential. You know what I mean? Uh, versus guys that had put it on tape, had put a year together at a lower level. So there's some intangible factor there, right? stick ability to overcome obstacles, challenges that some people have that others don't. And you got to find the right kind of people. Yeah, you also have to have you know, an NIL situation, too, because that's yet another pool, the multiple pools that you guys are all swimming in here. How does that look to you right now, the, the NIL situation within the IU football program that you're now getting into? Yeah, you're staying on that one pretty good. Um, you know what? I understand the, the history a little bit, maybe. Uh, yeah. I can only tell you what's going on right now. Right now, we got a very uh, nice situation that would rank uh, nicely in the conference with a commitment uh, down the road every year to improve it. Uh, so without throwing a figure out at you, uh, you know, a lot more than last year, let's just say that, okay? Yeah, yeah. And a that, commitment to grow it. So we'll do fine. So, Kurt Signetti, the new head coach of the IU football program, hey, we agreed on something, and I, I want to go back to a conversation you had on college game day about a month or so ago. Um, I'm not a big fan of committees either, Coach, so we're on the same page with that. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, yeah, yeah. I cannot tell you. And, and, that, was, that was a lot of fun, but I wish we would have played better the next day, you know? <laughs> No, you were so right. You you said something, and I don't know if this is a direct quote, but it's close, that, you know, rarely in this world can we get, like, two or three people to agree on something, but what about three committees and things like I completely agree, and it kind of seems like with this entire process here, Kurt, you guys kept this as, as small and, car- and compartmentalized as possible with this decision taking on this program, both you and Scott Dolson together. Well, I'll tell you what, this happened really fast, faster than any process I've been involved with. And uh, and it had to because of the timing and the transfer portal. And there's other jobs that have opened since then that still aren't filled. So I, I give the leadership here a lot of credit for knowing what needed done and going out and doing it. What message would you have for the IU football fans that are starving and starving for success? What message would you send to them on this afternoon here in Indy? If you ain't first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. So, you know, <laughs> there's not going to be any self-imposed limitations here. I can tell you that. And, you know, I don't have a problem ruffling feathers. You know, if something – I got high standards expectations. I've come from championship programs. That's what I'm accustomed to. I can view things that are not at a championship standard, and if they're not, then – Somebody going to hear about it. Man, Kurt, I love the Ricky Bobby quote right there. That's that's well done right there. Hey, before I let you go, too, uh, from your father on down, you have been around in your life at various stages. So many high-level coaches. Um, what have you taken away? You don't have to document each level yeah. to me, but some of the mo- most important points you've taken away you know, from your father or those other coaches you've been around in your life before you're taking this job in Bloomington? 
Well, my dad had great integrity. He was extremely competitive and brutally honest. Uh, he was a stand-up guy. He was a John Wayne type of figure. Um, Nick Saban, extremely smart, organized, uh, a plan for everything. Uh, realized that the number one enemy in season was complacency. Uh, the warm fuzzies, as he liked to call them, liked to keep people on their toes, which, and you know, make sure everybody was thinking the right way. Um, so those were the two that I've learned the most from. I also did get to work for Johnny Majors, Hall of Fame coach, yeah. uh, you know, and really enjoyed that time also. So I guess that's the answer to that question. No, it's um, yeah, we have, and I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out of here right now because I'm assuming you're probably going to be at the basketball game here in just a little bit too if you're not already at Assembly Hall right now. But uh, yeah, there's so much more. One of these days, I want to get together with you again if you wouldn't mind because I'm I'm fascinated by by your history on on every level and uh, certainly excited about talking with you if uh, you have the time further down the road. Are you going to be at the IU basketball game tonight? That's my assumption. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I'll be there. Can't wait to see it. Oh, man. Well, I can't wait. You've been quoted like three or four times already today. And then now with Ricky Bobby and then going back to the committee quote, you're a quote machine. I love it. I can't wait. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. Look forward to getting in there. Hey, Kurt, man, we'll do it again soon. Have a great time down there tonight. and We'll talk again sometime down the road. All right. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> Kurt Signetti is the new football coach at IU. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Of course, uh, week 13 entails a matchup down in Nashville. You get the Colts and the Titans coming up on Sunday. And, hey, what is a Colts-Titans week without friend of this show, the former NFL coach, and he's on the Titans radio network. It is Dave McGinnis who joins us now. It cannot be a week of the Colts and Titans without you, Dave. Thanks for joining us. The JMV, my pleasure. I know we tried to get on earlier, but like all of us in the National Football League this time of year, uh, we're all pretty busy, but I'm never too busy for you. My man. You know what? And I think that goes back our relationship, our connection with Indiana State University and Terre Haute always will live strong. Will it not? 100%. Every man of Sycamore for forever. Oh, you got you that. I, mean, I, I grew up in Texas. I had no idea where Terre Haute, Indiana was. But when I coached there, now I do. So, hell yeah. <laughs> Man, my people are going to love That's going to be a promo over there one of these days in Terre Haute. Out of you right there. Dave McGinnis yeah, joins us. Um, so, help us out here. The Titans 4-7. and seven, It's really a tale of a season on the road can't do anything at home, much better. What's been the major issue you have seen with this team with that four and seven mark so far? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a team that's in transition, first of all, you know, because of some salary cap issues. 
after last year. And then, you know, like anything else in this league, it's pretty cyclical. Uh, this last ball game, uh, you know, at, at one point out there on the field, there were six rookies on offense out there on the field at the same time together. Uh, you know, it's it's it, and, and then plus you've got to. It doesn't matter whether you play at home or you play away. You got to play well, and they haven't played well. I mean, just it, case in point, in October up there up there in Indy. I mean, the Colts Colts beat them. I mean, just plain and simple. And so, you know, and plus, you know, look, everybody, everybody in this league can talk about injuries. Uh, this, I've been in this league for nearly four decades. So injuries, everybody has them. Nobody cares about them uh, but you. Everybody else is glad that you have them. But uh, the inconsistencies there, and then, you know, you, you, we have a quarterback. You have quarterback change just like uh, you guys did. But in, yep. any and all of it points to the fact they haven't played well enough in those games on the road, played pretty well at home, but uh, that guarantees you nothing. And again, you know, of course, as I said, the first meeting in October, the Colts just beat them. I mean, and they basically beat them uh, on both sides of the ball. Is it just more so the inexperience so far than a lot of other things? Because there is, as you mentioned, Dave, such a stark difference between the Titans on the road and the Titans at home. Has it just been that inexperience of being able to do the job from start to finish on the road for the most part with this Titans that team we have seen that led to the losses? No, I tell you, James, I wouldn't just blame the inexperience. It, it's, it's, it's the inability to, to close out games. You know, that, that's, that's been the biggest issue. I mean, the only game, I mean, you know, and of course the game up there at, at in, in Indianapolis in October was a six-point game, but I really felt like Indy controlled the game more than that, you know, more than that spread was. But, uh, you know, but it's just, look, what about, I've been in over 600 NFL games now in my career, and I just know that uh, if you don't play well and you let the score get separated on you early and then you make your offense one-dimensional and the defense now is able to just, you know, take about 50% of stuff they have to defend away – then you're not gonna you're not gonna fare very well unless you unless you hit some lucky explosives and so they just haven't played well enough. I mean I'm not gonna lay it on anything else other than that because anything else other than that you know there there may be a lot of different reasons but uh, at, at the end of the day look this league is about one thing and one thing only regardless of the circumstances you're in nobody wants to hear it. you got to win games. So Dave McGinnis of the Titans Radio Network, kind enough to join us on this Friday on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All right, give me some of, of the better points, the positives, and some of those negatives with rookie quarterback Will Levis from what you've seen so far. Well, I mean, he's got a tremendous arm. I mean, you, you can. I mean, you got to be watching the game with your eyes closed not to know that. I mean, he, he's got he's got a, he's got he's got a great arm. He's a very physical guy. He's tough. He's very very smart. I mean, he's just you know, he's inexperienced. You know, and, and and every game is a learning experience for him. But uh, he's a leader. Uh, he 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 prepares. He studies. He's got the respect of the locker room just because of the way that he conducts himself and 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 the way that he practices and, and works at it. And so, you know, those types of things. Now he's made some throws that uh, he very very quickly. Once you go to film review after, say, you can't do that because those are throws that will. will get you beat, uh, you know, in, in the National Football League. And you get he's learning. He's learning that it's uh, – and, and every week is a learning experience for him. That yeah, It's just it's different playing quarterback in this league because the, the windows close differently. Looks are different. It's just it, – it, I don't care how strong your arm is. you still got to be able to have the nuance. He's learning the nuances of playing back there. But he's got the total respect of, of, his, of his teammates. Uh, you know, which is extremely important, and he's and he's a worker. You know, not much 
much of a talker. He's a worker. You know, Dave, I know you noticed this as being a defensive guy. The Colts have been without Grover Stewart. This is going to be the sixth and final week uh, over the course of his uh, suspension for the PEDs, and th- that has been a, a missing piece. And I would have to think it's going to be even magnified. And I guess even if Derrick Henry, Dave, hasn't been hasn't been putting up the numbers that Derrick Henry has, you know, two years ago, three years ago, what have you, that would have to be a major focus of this Titans team, especially given the fact that Grover Stewart for one more week defensively for the Colts is not going to be a part of this Colts defense Sunday in Nashville. Well, first of all, Grover Stewart's a legitimate dude in this league, and you win with dudes in this league. Let's let's just get that, you know, let, let's get that out there. You know, I thought I was a pretty good coach for a lot of years in this league, but without dudes, pretty common. So you got to have dudes. Uh, number one, number two, it's not just Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, they, they've got you got to block for them. You got to move people off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you know, playing a defense uh, like Indy has, this is a very disruptive defense up front. It's got two guys back behind the ball that clean up a lot of stuff. Uh, Secondary is playing really well. You got to move people. You got to get, you got to, you know, Derrick Henry cannot do it by himself. The great years that he's had, he's had a lot of help up front. And so you've got to be much more solid up front in the run game than, uh, than the Titans have been so far. That's where it starts there. Uh, again, Dave McGinnis of the Titans Radio Network, he is with us. How's DeAndre Hopkins been? You know, whether it's just you know, the season in general, uh, the change in quarterback, how has he adapted in this season in Nashville to this point, Dave? He's a he's a pro. I mean, that, that's the highest compliment I can pay anybody after coaching in this league as long as I have. He's a pro. He's a pro's pro. He, you talk about a dude, that he's a dude. Uh, he, he, he's done. He's done very well. The, 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 you know the we, we. I don't. You really can't. I don't think ask any more from D Hop as to what he's done, both in the locker room, on the practice field, and then in ball games. I mean, this guy. You know, of course, I've been involved with the Titans for 15 seasons now. You know, uh, eight when I was coaching, and then now back seven doing the broadcasting for him. And uh, I played against D Hop a lot when he was down at the Texans. I mean, it, he's a he. This guy's a legit, legit. Uh, I mean, he's he's on he's on the he's on the edge of a few more years of, of having an HOF numbers. Uh, I can't. I, I'm a big D Hop fan just because he's such a professional and he's really good at what he does. Dave, it's a backup quarterback situation with Gardner Minshew, somebody you've seen a number of times doing the job that you do, and you know there's no Jonathan Taylor coming up on Sunday, which you mentioned dudes. He is definitely the dude offensively for the Colts, and that is tough to make up for. But Zach Moss has been pretty good in that role so far this season. What do you make of this Colts offense, especially at backup quarterback, and as we're going to see Zach Moss in for Jonathan Taylor on Sunday? Well, first of all, Zach Moss did a pretty pretty good job in October. Okay, I mean he look. What do you have? A hundred, nearly over 160 yards rushing, uh, 56 yards. Zach Moss is a legitimate back. You're right. Johnson Taylor is a dude. The one-two punch was really good. I've never considered Gardner Minshew a backup. You know, it, it, Gardner Minshew is a guy that is very underappreciated as far as you know. It, if you if you're looking at just you know saying names and, and thinking of guys that are starting quarterbacks and you really don't study the game, he's always been a dealer. He's been a dealer. He's excellent in the RPO system. He knows how to read things out. And some guys just know how to play quarterback, and he's done that his whole career, even his various stops in the collegiate game. The guy's a dealer. I've always been a Gardner Minshew fan, and and I, all you all you got to do is just watch the the the. the 
dispersal of the ball and, you know, as, as the way he's dispersing it. And plus, I mean, he's excellent with that RPO system that they're running. So I've never considered Gardner Minshew just a backup. Fortunate, you're fortunate that he was, he was if you've got a backup, uh, uh, quote, air quotes around it uh, on your squad and your starter gets hurt, you're fortunate that it's Gardner Minshew. So Dave McGinnis with us. It is always an absolute pleasure when you come on here. I'm going to be bummed when the season's over because I know I have to wait until the season comes back again to have you on. So you mentioned your 15 years with the Titans here on the radio network. Did you say that? Well, that's eight years coaching and then seven. This is my yes. seventh year uh, broadcasting. Wow. Seventh year. Wow. That's well done. And now I know that it's not the same as coaching. But how do you like the broadcasting part of it compared to how many years you spent, how many decades you spent as a coach in the NFL? I absolutely love it. And look, I came back here because of Mike Keith. Mike Keith is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I was just chilling on Malibu Beach when he called me. I was out there in L.A. <laughs> you know, and he, he called me and said, have you ever thought about doing this? I said, not really. He said, I think you'd be good at it. And so I came and did it for I mean, it, 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 it's great. But it's great because Titans Radio, those guys have been together over 20 years. Uh, and Mike Keith is the best of the best. And, you know, I mean, honestly, JMV, I've had a chance to go back into the league as a senior defensive assistant, you know, several times uh, uh, since I've been here. But I, I really enjoy doing this. I enjoy it, you know, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but, you know, being involved in the game, and, and it opens up. Look, when you're a head coach and you deal with the media and you do all of this stuff, I mean, you don't, you don't really understand, you know, I mean, because there, you, there are some other things to do when you're coaching in this league, obviously. But uh, I, have, I have really enjoyed it, and it's, you know, it's grown from just doing ball games to doing podcasts to, being, to be having a, you know, doing the television now. And just, I mean, hell, now I'm a broadcast guru, JMV, so I like it. <laughs> Yes, you are, man. You know what? I when I talk football, and I, I we have a mutual friend, Rick Venturi. When I talk football, there's nobody I'd rather talk to than you or Rick because it, it, it's an education for me every time. And you and you do it in a, a friendly, fun-loving fashion. You guys both, I mean, I mean, really are, are alike in that. And I, I I couldn't find you know a better NFL knowledge and conversation than I find with both of you. I mean, you're just alike to me. That's very kind of that's very kind of you to say. And, and as I said, Rick Venturi is. I mean, I've known Rick for a lot, a lot of years, going all the way back to you know my association with Dick Jameson out of Peoria, Illinois, and Rick Venturi. Look, Rick Venturi is a, a ball coach. He's a ball coach through and through. Uh, and I absolutely love the guy. He's a he's a he's a he's he's a really important piece uh, in the National Football League. I'm fortunate to count him as my friend, as I am you. And also, let's throw Snake James in there for good measure. <laughs> That's Tom James. Tom James. Oh, man. That's great. Hey, always a pleasure. Have a great broadcast on Sunday. And let's uh, catch up again sooner rather than later, Dave. See you, brother. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
Andy Moore, Automotive Group Pile Line. He joins us every Friday at this time. I got to give Don Fisher some love because, man, he's got a lot to do right now. You got a new football coach press conference. You got to get ready for the pregame show that starts at 6. You got Maryland and IU that begins at 7. You know, the fact that you're squeezing me in here makes me feel incredibly special, Don. Really does. Well, you, sh- you should feel special, John. <laughs> I do. Uh, it's going to take a lot for that special feeling to go away. Thank you so much for that. Yes. Because are, are you just a little bit busy right now? Just a little. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been a busy day, obviously, but it's a good day. Not a really good day. What do you, what, what do you feel? What do you think about uh, Kurt Signetti, the new head coach of the football program there? Well, I, I think it's a really good hire. I don't think there's any question that this guy is a football guy, number one. That's the thing that uh, you got to be excited about. I think he knows exactly what he wants to do. He's had nothing but success every place that he's been. Now, of course, he has not been at Indiana yet, and he's not uh, been at the Division One level of which uh, Power Five schools are at at this juncture. But he's had a system his whole career. Uh, after he, you know, he's a, he was an assistant for I think thirty or for uh, yeah, right at thirty years or just twenty nine years, something like that and learned under some really good football coaches through the years. Obviously, his dad was a head coach, and he was a Hall of Famer as well. So he's learned from a lot of really good people. And from that perspective alone, you've got to feel good about it. But he hasn't been in Indiana yet. And as everybody knows, when you get here, especially when you're coming from a, a little lower division type of program, uh, it's a little bit different. And the big question mark is how, how quickly can he turn it if he can? And if he can do that, it'll be something really special because this program is really at a low right now. What did you uh, take away from that presser today? I mean, any, anything besides, obviously, you know, and you're right. I mean, he's had success everywhere. He's, he's learned from, you know, those that have been great over his time, you know, as an assistant coach now. But what, what was your, your, your common takeaway, I guess, from what you really liked about what he said in that presser? Well, more than anything else, it's just about his, his system. I mean, his process. He goes through, and it's not all that difficult. It's not, uh, it's not anything out of the unordinary. Um, he, he's a guy that really believes in what he does. Uh, he's very confident. Uh, you can see that. And every place he's been, he's never had a losing season. Uh, in fact, he's won, I think, 119 games and lost only 35 in his career. Uh, at the levels he's been at. And the JMU, the James Madison School that he was just at, they finished first every year that he was there in five seasons, uh, three of them in the Colonial Athletic Conference and the last two in the Sun Belt. He's just got, he's got a, an aura about him, a belief about himself and about his process that I really like. And um, I think he'll, he'll definitely have his own culture. He'll build it differently than what we've seen previously. It doesn't mean that uh, it's going to be successful right away because that's the thing everybody wants is immediate success, which rarely happens. But he's made it happen every place else he's been, so we'll see. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, so you had that. And by the way, the new head football coach joins us coming up at the bottom of the hour right here. Shout out to Kegger, by the way, who uh, Kegger got that one done for me. We'll uh, talk to Don about the Big Ten opener for IU against Maryland coming up later on tonight. What, what, um, what, what do you look for first here? 
with this matchup in mind, other than Jordan Geronimo is, is going to be on the other team, the old Hoosier standby here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll mm-hmm. be interesting. Uh, let's see kind of, yes. what kind of response he gets when he jumps out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine. I, I, the, yeah. the students are there, right? The students are there are back, yeah, so I'm imagining yeah, it's back. going to be nice. Yeah, it'll be robust, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it will. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that they've had uh, kind of a slow start to their season at four and three because of the three players they have back from last year, three starters back. And Jameer Young being the primary one because this guy was all Big Ten last season. Uh, Julian Reese, to me, looked like one of the best freshmen in the league last year. Uh, And now he's a sophomore. And I think he's a really good talent as a post player. And then you've got Dante Scott, who's been there for, I think, maybe 10 years now. Something yes, like I, yes. <laughs> yes. He's been yeah. around a long time, and he's a six seven guy that's big and strong. And uh, he got much quicker last year because he dropped some weight. And I, I was impressed with what he did last season. But uh, Geronimo adds to their starting lineup. Uh, he's been uh, at that other starter spot for four, I think, of their seven ball games, or maybe five out of seven at this point. All I can tell you is that uh, this will be a test. There's no question about it. Kevin Willard teaches his kids to be tough and hard-nosed, and they're going to get after it defensively. They'll junk it up a little bit, but they'll also pressure you as much as they possibly can. So it'll be a test. There's no question about it. And Indiana, we don't know the status of Xavier Johnson going into this ballgame because, of course, he he had a foot injury in the contest previously um, against Harvard this past weekend. So we're still waiting to see if he's going to play in this game tonight. and We'll just have to wait and see on that one. But if he doesn't, then you've got Craig Galloway and, of course, Gabe Cups, who will be the two guys that probably will take over that point role. And maybe Anthony Leo might see more playing time because we did see him a little bit in that game against Harvard last Saturday. And I think Anthony Leo is itching to have an opportunity. And if he gets it tonight, we hope he can take advantage of it. Yeah, and he, he's a really good kid, and I, I hope that he actually does – to be honest with you, too. So I, I, and I hope he takes advantage. I guess more than just getting that opportunity, I hope when he does, if he does, he takes advantage of it. Don, you see anything that you played off of Sunday in that win over Harvard that that translates to this Big Ten opener against Maryland tonight? Because in the second half, they they got things pumping a little bit. Well, here's the thing that I liked most about last weekend. You know, in the first half. The, the, the three-point shots, again, were killing Indiana. In the second half, they shut them down one of nine in the second half for the Harvard team. That, that makes me feel like, man, these guys can play defense and they can stop the three-point shot. That made me feel good. And then the uh, emergence of uh, Mackenzie Mbaco, of course, he had 18 points, a career high at Indiana. He got more playing time. He was tougher on the boards. He was tougher defensively. Uh, so his emergence really will help this basketball team if he can be consistent with it. And hopefully this translates into tonight's game as well. Yeah, defensively, are we seeing slowly but surely, surely improvement? I, I can't tell anymore because I watched both the Pacers and IU and it doesn't look like at times they can stop anybody or stand in front of anybody or get beat on rotation. So maybe I'm just used to that. But are we seeing them make strides that maybe I'm not giving them credit for? <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, the offense has worked a lot better. And Khalil Ware uh, obviously had a tremendous yeah. ball game against Harvard. So those two things from an offensive standpoint and then the defense playing well in the second half are the things I'm pointing to that hopefully continue to carry over into this ball game against Maryland. And 
certainly on Tuesday against Michigan because you've got two Big Ten games that are very important uh, as the year wears on. I'll be listening to you, too, because that uh, the Tuesday game in Michigan's on Peacock. And guess who's not going to get Peacock? Guess who that is? Not me. <laughs> yeah, stream things uh, drive you nuts. I, I don't get it. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. I can't I even keep track of my passwords, so. <laughs> I don't watch very much TV anymore unless it's on cable. or um, I, 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 The only thing I watch on television anymore are, like, Netflix stuff I can pull up and I don't have to go through commercials. I just watch nothing but Andy Griffith episodes all day long, every day. That's all I do. We, we, we watch a lot, too, a lot of that, too. Trust me. I, I mean, I, I've got every black and white episode memorized at this point. So, yes, I got, I got them all right there. Now, you, um, yeah, you, bring, you bring up a good point regarding this team and what we saw against Harvard and, you know, offensively and, and defensively. And certainly they can make a lot of strides defensively. I, I, to me, and, and this may seem simplex, Sometimes it's just simple recognition. Hey, you know what? This guy can shoot. Let's make sure we don't we're, – we're, if we're in rotation, we, we have that covered and, you know, not covering somebody else and leaving this guy open. I mean, it really right. – there's a lot, I think, of thought defensively where they can start and get better even before you get into, you know, other applicables in terms of playing better defensively. Well, I think you point up something really important, that recognition factor – uh, and again, that's part of the reason that this team hasn't coalesced to the point where we would have hoped at this point. And, and when I say that, I'm talking about the fact that they've got so many new faces on the roster. And these guys are all learning Mike's system. They're all new to it. Uh, I, I say new to it in the sense that they, yeah, they've been practicing for a couple months, but sometimes it takes a lot longer, especially at the defensive end of the floor, to buy in, if you know what I mean. And for guys to understand that that's going to be the rule. If you can't play defense, you're not going to be out in the court. And in a couple of these cases, I think that's why we haven't seen some guys play as many minutes as we thought that they would. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers again, IU Maryland. That's a six o'clock pregame show uh, downstairs on 93 WIBC coming at you. You mentioned Khalil Ware. Don, I've noticed this, and, and I'm assuming you probably have too. He has a lot more to his game offensively than I initially thought he was going to have. You agree? Yes, I do. I mean, he he's not afraid to go out on the floor and shoot it from the three-point line, and he's been successful when he's done that. Uh, he's also very adept inside with both his right and left hand, um, but more right-handed, of course, but still – he can shoot the 15-foot medium-range jump shot. He, he can score from every level on the court, and he's starting to get tougher inside. You can look, look at how hard he's working down low these days to get rebounds and to block shots. So uh, he's just getting better, and he's got a long way to go yet. That would be what Coach Woodson would tell you. But at the same time, if he continues to make these kinds of strides, it's really going to help this basketball team, and he could end up being the key to it as far as the season is concerned. No, um, in here, I, I kind of want to see, and I'm sure Mike Woodson would say, you're stupid, shut up. I want to see a little Malik Renew point forward because he and Ware, they have this, this connection, I think, unlike any other two players on this IU team has at this moment. Well, I, 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 I've been encouraged by what we've seen from Malik all season long. I mean, if you think about – the way he played last year early on, which looked good because they weren't playing anybody. And then he kind of had a plateau and didn't do much. And for the, for a good portion of the rest of the season, he was not much of a factor. 
But this year, you can look at him and say he's been a factor in every ball game so far, uh, yeah. scoring the basketball especially. But he hasn't he hasn't taken the reins of the rebounding quite like I'd hoped at this juncture. He hasn't been on the boards quite as strong. But then Mike has not been happy with the rebounding period up to this point in the season. So that that's an area where the whole team has to get better. And, and specifically, I think Malik has got to be a better rebounder than he's been thus far. Yeah, I, I just it looks like he and Ware have a connection unlike any other two IU players have currently offensively, which I'm assuming that all grows with other players. But these two seem like that they have it earlier than everybody else. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, both these guys look for one another. Uh, and the biggest thing with uh, Malik, in my opinion, is he's got to learn to handle the double team better because a lot of times he dribbles right into that thing. And that's, a, that's an issue because you just can't do that. When the double team comes, you pass the basketball. You find a man to hit yeah. outside. And uh, unfortunately, he has stumbled a little bit in that area. And I think he'll get better at it just because, you know, for the, this is probably the first time since he's been at IU that they've really been, they've been double teaming him because of his scoring ability. So he's going to get a lot more of that as he continues on. Because everybody's triple teaming Trace Jackson Davis. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Hey, I'm going to let you go earlier than usual because I know. Have you, uh, have you done your conversation with Mike yet, pregame show wise? No. Nope. 530. Oh, okay. Well, would you rather talk with me or talk to Mike about that? How about you just put me on the pregame show with you? We'll just use this. Our conversation. How about if I don't say anything about that one way or the other? That makes sure I don't get in trouble. <laughs> Man, come on now. You carry all that clout. Mike would laugh about that, wouldn't he? Come on now. <laughs> you, 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 are yeah. you talking about me carrying clout? Yes. You, what? Don, what you have you more. You carry about? more clout than anybody down there. Apparently, I have no idea about that. So, you know, you yeah. may, may have to yeah. fill me in. I will one of these days. I'll tell you what it's all about. I'll tell you what you're missing. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy have a great broadcast i'll be listening coming up in just a little bit too and uh, we'll catch you again next week and i i got the new football coach coming up at the bottom of the hour too so should be fun it should be fun you'll like him i think you will all right don i appreciate you have a great broadcast tonight see you john life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from Westside Pub, as we're doing on this Bud Light Blue Friday, Evan Sidery joins us. Hey, what'd you make of, if if anything whatsoever, um, in the escalation of percentage-wise ownership that we saw w- from yesterday regarding the Pacers? I wouldn't say I was surprised at all. Honestly, I was more so just surprised it kind of came out of left field a little bit, and that, there was really no whispers about anything like this or along the lines of that. But even even though it's like on the surface it's only 15 total, now 20% ownership, that's still a significant chunk of change, and especially the valuation that the Pacers are now at. 
around three and a half billion dollars. Stephen Rails, the billionaire he went to DePaul in the 70s, he put about six hundred million dollars into the Pacers as a part owner of this team. So. I think it's very interesting to have a, a big-time minority owner now involved with a big share of the pie, a little bit at 20%. I think it's only a positive, honestly, John. I think having more revenue, more income from a, a solid stream like Stephen Rails does, I think it's a, a great thing for the Pacers. It's uh, Evan Sidery with us. So last night after another disappointing loss for the Pacers in Miami, uh, this is just part of what he said in the quote, but Tyrese Halliburton, who has been elite level so far this year, had mentioned that, you know what, the, um, and I'm paraphrasing on this, the individual accolades aside, I'm sick and tired of being a loser. Uh, any mo- motivation coming out of that? Because I'm, I'm sick and tired of watching them be losers here, too. They are letting go some crucial wins that they should have. Four at home, and now that one last night, through three quarters in Miami without Miami having their best out there. These are things that will haunt them toward the end of the season. Yeah, when you look back at those losses, John, especially like you mentioned, the Hornets earlier this month, the Blazers last week was just an ugly loss for sure. Orlando, that blowout game. Now last night when Tyrese Halliburton goes for 44 points and 10 assists and he's continued to show – I think he's kind of ready at this point. I think he's kind of proven over this first quarter of the season, John, that he's a superstar level player. He's a top 10, top 15 level player. I think the big question is now for the Pacers, do you decide Tyrese is already so good at this point of his career, do you push the chips in now at the deadline or do you wait till the summer? It just kind of feels it to me now. Tyrese Halliburton is far and away an elite level player in this league, and you can't waste nights like we saw last night where he was by far the best player on the court with multiple all-stars out there as well. I just think now the Pacers need to find a second shot career. I think it's more so Tyrese Halliburton's comments last night, frustration, but also his accountability as a leader of the team, saying he needs to do more, even though he had 44 and 10 in that matchup. So I just think now for me the big question is for this Pacers team with Tyrese Halliburton especially, you got to get him some help a little bit. All right, what um, – and, and again, I thought that maybe – not even so much Saturday, not even so much Monday in that quarterfinal, the play-in tournament with the Celtics, but it's that long road trip that is forthcoming as well to maybe being a situation to where, all right, we're okay with what we have, or maybe we should expedite the process of finding something else. In terms of what is necessary and what might be available What around the NBA stands out to you as a possibility that would make this Pacers team better uh, in terms of what they look like right now, too, if they made a deal? Who stands out? Who's out there? Who could be available? Yeah, I think one name, and this is a name we've been talking about, I think, for six, seven months now, John, and it's the two guys in Toronto, Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, and every team in the NBA is waiting on Toronto to finally blow it up. They're off to a slow start yet again. They're hovering around 500. I think that's the big move you can make there. I know Siakam's on an expiring contract, as is OG Ananobi, but both of those guys can bring you defense. More so, Siakam can bring you a lot more on-ball creation, a lot of secondary score that can really thrive next to Tyrese Halliburton. I know Siakam is on the, off the timeline as far as age a little bit. He's 29 years old. But, I mean, he could be a guy that comes in and gives you 20-plus points per game consistently. Probably one of your best defenders off the jump. And then also he's a great playmaker as well for someone his size, around six foot nine. I think he'd be a great fit in this system, but I think it's just a big – judgmental decision for the Pacers because Siakam, for example, is going to cost you probably one of Benedict Matherin or one of your other young guys plus a pick. Uh, I think that's probably what you're looking at here. Maybe one of Buddy Heald, Obi Toppin or something like that, and maybe a pick or two. Uh, Maybe that can get it done from Toronto's side of things. 
as an expiring contract with Siakam, but that's the one that I keep come, coming back to is Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi more so for defense, but Toronto's really the one team out there that everyone's looking out for. Chicago, we've seen the news about Zach Levine, but as we all know, Zach Levine is not a good fit at all in Indiana. I think no team really out there is interested in Zach Levine right now. So those are the two, two teams to watch out for, Chicago and Toronto, to blow things up. I certainly think Siakam makes the most sense as far as trying to win right now this second. But I do wonder, at the cost of your long-term, three, four years from now, do you want to give some of those pieces? Well, and we were talking a little bit earlier. I was talking to Cam, our engineer, who's a big-time sports fan, and he thought, you know, know, maybe they're still two years away. And you bring up the point that I made a little bit earlier, too, with the back-to-back comments. And let's go back to the Portland game, too, where Halliburton was mad. And then obviously disappointed in how things went down last night. Do those, those quotes, those words regarding what he wants to be, what he's ready to be right now, does that expedite the process of what we maybe expected as a longer rebuild, that they want to put some action in motion you know, sooner rather than later now because of the feelings of well, what is a clear elite-level player that we've seen in Halliburton in this first month and a half of the season? Yeah, I mean, we've seen players like this in the past make these kind of comments. I mean, we all know about LeBron James and his history. I'm not saying Tyrese is anywhere close to LeBron James as far as GMing the team a little bit, but he does have some sway. We know he's helped out in the draft process with some prospects. He's given his word as well on guys like Bruce Brown. He was a big fan of him in the free agency, too. So he does have a voice in this front office. It truly is a partnership with Tyrese Halliburton in this front office. So, I think if Tyrese wants to win and he's showing that he's a level of player, he's probably going to make All-NBA this season, which is going to bump his contract to $265 million when, he, when it's official next summer. I think the time is now. How the assets are lining up here a little bit, John, you have two extra first-round picks in this year's upcoming draft, and your two current rookies in Ben Shepard and Jairus Walker still can't see the court because there's so much depth on this roster. I think it might be time to consolidate a little bit, whether it be those draft picks or a couple of your rotation pieces that aren't long-term pieces potentially. Maybe you sacrifice one of those in the process for an elite-level player. But I feel like the assets are kind of lining up here, John, where whether it be February or June or July, we're coming up on the, on the big decision point, in my opinion, for the Pacers, where I think the time is either in February or June or July to make that all-in move and get Tyrese Halbert in that second star because – I don't think that I expect Tyrese Halliburton to make a big jump this year. I thought he'd be another all-star season yet again, probably around 23, 24 points per game. But what he's doing now consistently, put on 30 plus points most nights, some nights 40, just going off on a super efficient nights. I do think the time is now. And I think the paces with their assets are actually pretty well, well set to strike a little bit. Well, and there is a history here for those who have been around here for a while of star players all of a sudden deciding that maybe this wasn't the place. I'm not suggesting that's Tyrese Halliburton at all, but there is a history and a memory, even a short-term memory, of how that has looked in the past around here. No, and I mean, going back to my career out in Phoenix when I covered the Suns for seven years out there, this is a whole conversation around Devin Booker for so many years where he's a superstar little player. You just need to get him some help, some more win-now pieces around him. And we saw finally the Suns do that, and it eased all those long-term concerns about Devin Booker where he signed his max contract and he wanted more help and they got it for him. And I think that's kind of what we're pointing towards here in Indiana where Tyrese Halliburton's on that similar level of a Devin Booker, one of the best young players in the NBA. And I think that they could really go out of their way a little bit, make some moves on the margins or make a big move 
and really help this team out because, like we talked about last week, John, you can have a super elite offense and a historically good offense, but if you can't play any lick of defense, it doesn't really matter in the end. I, I just think having some sort of balance a little bit to get some more defense, some more on-ball creation into the system, it's what this team needs. Because I mean, wasting a season like this from Tyrese Halliburton where he's going to probably put up around 27, 28 points per game and 12 assists per game, only James Harden has done that in NBA history in the last 25 years. I mean, we're talking about historical production from Tyrese Halliburton on super efficient offensive levels. And I think that now is the time to do something. I think we're reaching that point where the next couple of weeks will probably decide for me a little bit what they should do. So Evan Sidery, uh, Forbes, uh, Substack, you can find his work, his reporting, his uh, columns, his opinion regarding the NBA. Kind enough to join us regarding last night's disappointment of what was early in the week, a disappointment for the Pacers. And of course, you get Boston, you know, after this Miami game tomorrow, Boston in that play-in quarterfinal at Gambridge Fieldhouse coming up on Monday. Evan Sidery's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Evan, I appreciate you on short notice more than you know. We'll catch up up with you next week as well. We'll see what happens on Monday, especially. Absolutely, Giant Time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. We missed him last week. Hope he had a great Thanksgiving in Brownsburg with the family from ESPN Radio. Mike Wells does join us. Hello, Mike. How are you? What's up, John? Uh, where, where are you at on the West Side, man? I'm a West Side pub. Uh, it's within striking distance of you over there at old hoity-toity Brownsburg. You know what I mean? You can get down where, here where, off where? of Girls School and Morris. Come on now. Oh, man, I wish I'd have known. I'd have been over there, man. To, I would have mm. gladly come in person. Um, I yes. wouldn't say it would be to necessarily um, hang with you because I can hang with you whenever. It, it would yes. have been to get some adult beverages and to um, probably get some wings. No, then they have them, and I have it. So you, you absolutely should have. There are no uh, – no doubt about that right now. Hey, I know that uh, you're employed, along with ESPN Radio, and you do anything. You're employed down in Bloomington. You uh, made your mark. Any thought process on the IU football hire so far? Any thoughts? I, I, I got to tell you you, 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 you mentioned something that was interesting. You said, uh, uh, I'm going to call him Six. Coach Six uh, won the press conference. And, yes. of course, you, you were like – you would like for a coach to win press conference, but I think the way the IU football fan faithful are right now, they simply just want wins. They don't want press conferences. They don't want press conference wins. They would gladly have somebody go up and stumble and bumble and screw it up the way Nick Sirianni did in his first first press conference with the Philadelphia Eagles, as long as they win. So um, you know they they you know what they did was they went out there and a coach a, young, a coach that is how I can't even say young a coach that had a hot program in James Madison and they are so desperate and so thirsty for wins down in Bloomington they just hope he can he can get he can have a product on the field that can you know challenge the Ohio State's and the Penn State's and the Michigans and the uh, Big Ten. You know what? I will also say this, Mike. I, I think really at, at this point, I think IU fans will take any win, right? I mean, any win whatsoever. You're right. I mean, ultimately, it is about the product on the field. And, and I, you know, people have asked me, 
And all we have to go on is what he has said so far, and he has certainly hit all the right notes. And then it all comes down to how you put this together. But I will say that he was covering all the bases in terms of this era under these rules, in particular with NIL and what has to be done. And really, what IU can do for itself that, you know, under the old set of rules, you can't. And, you know, there's no edge to be had. And now maybe at some point, you know, you can help sell yourself a little bit more, have that uh, monetary value in NIL to bring somebody in that you wouldn't normally get. I mean, it, it does, at the very least, it opens up some of those, I don't want to say expectations, that would be inaccurate. It opens up some of those those thoughts and hopes that IU fans have had in a while. But you're right, it's going to be a crap ton of work to get this thing even middling to where a lot of IU fans want it right now. Yeah, and, you know, I've got a number of students who cover IU football, and as I was telling them, you know, uh, I was asking them, were they even thinking about the um, the game last week? Were they thinking about whether IU won? And so many of them like, no. You know, it, it, Tom Allen's a nice guy. I think we, I think we all saw that on Twitter. Tom Allen's a great guy, nice guy, but the reality yeah. was it was time for a change. And I'm not – hey, kudos to him for taking advantage of that COVID year to get him some nice money. Would you have given back some of that money the way he did on the No. Bio? No, well, I mean, it, it, it depends. I, I guess it would depend on this, where I thought I was going to be, because you want to make sure you get it, and then at some point you probably want to return to coaching on some level, right? So – yeah, I think you kind of look at it as, all right, what's my timetable going to be? Um, I'm assuming he probably wants to go back in some compa- capacity to coach. So, I, yeah, I would like to think that I would want it all and I, I would want it uh, as expeditiously as possible. But at the same time, it depends on, I guess, how much in the future, how much you actually want to continue to coach or where you might want to be. So, you know, all that kind of makes a little bit of sense. And then in terms, Mike, of, of how it went down, now you, you do pat him on the back and say, hey, thanks a lot. They had to pay, I think, $12 million and a buyout to James Madison to get, you know, Signetti's availability in the first place. So there's a lot of money that's gone down in this situation. No. no and I, I and props to you for having him on the show at 530. You know, I'm more I'm at the, I'm at the point now in my life where I spend more time looking at Twitter than actually tweeting about it. And you had a tweet out there, and you you quote-tweeted it. And, I, you know, uh, somebody made a mention about the Pacers, and you said you're done asking for Pacer players or Pacers people. And I'm not trying to to stroke a fire here. Well, yeah, I'm not trying to quote line. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to stroke a fire. You are trying. I know you're trying to stoke the fire. You are, yeah. I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it to mess with you about it. It's more so from a perspective in this town, um, I'd be lying if I said I'd listen to all the other shows. You know, I'll listen to Bowen every now and then. So you have backed the Pacers more than most people. I mean, especially Miles Turner, man. Sometimes I wonder if you, if you um, <laughs> go to bed in a, Miles, in a Miles Turner T-shirt and stuff, the way you have. But I, just, I don't get it. You would think that for a franchise that is that wants the attention and is tired of being – um, second fiddle to the Indianapolis Colts in the town, that they would take care take care of you, have their players, their front office people, Rick Carlisle on the show, because especially where this is, you know, kind of, you know, with no Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor's hurt now, 
pounce on his opportunities. Yeah. What, 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 what Tyrese Halliburton did in the month of November, which was unbelievable. I know it was a, they only had a 500 record, but you would think they would love to get the attention because I still hear from people and say, oh, my God, you get on with Jan and you guys are talking about the Colts, blah, 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 blah. What about us? And these are people in the Pacers. Well, put some Pacers folks on, my, on the show with my man John and get some more attention. And so, yes, I, I have purposely been sitting on this since I tweet, I saw that tweet, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but I just think you have always backed the Pacers, in my opinion. Well, and 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 here's me, even beyond the Pacers, I I love basketball, and and you know this yeah. to be true. I love the game of basketball. I do. I wish I would have been more talented, more athletic, more of a lot of things, more heady, more savvy, smarter. I mean, I really didn't have any of the ability whatsoever uh, to go at a higher level, but I, I wish I would have because I love basketball. I still love playing to this day as much as I can. Um, and, and, and unfortunately with this for me, um, I, in, I spent one day a couple of weeks ago, and I probably whined like a big baby. And I don't want to sound like a big baby anymore. I just have come to the point now where I've moved on. I still will talk about him. I love talking about him, even when I'm complaining about him. Today I complained about him. After the Portland game, I complained about him because, you know, that's how they played, and that's what they deserve. That's being critical, and that's, you know, making sure you, you tell people – you know, what is right and, you know, being critical of them today and then throughout the week after that Portland game is the right move. But with that other stuff in mind, I just kind of at some point you kind of got to move on after five months. So that's that's where yeah. I have been. I'm appreciative that you've noticed that, but um, well, I, 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 I am maturing. I think I'm maturing here. That's what I'm doing. Maturing. And, and I, I've been on the radio with you enough times over the past decade where you know where I'm purposely trying to get things worked up. <laughs> I know and you I'm, are. I'm, because, because I'm laughing in the background as I'm saying things, like when we have egg on. But this one, it was more like, hey, I mean, you are committed to that franchise, good and bad, and for them not to give folks on the show is, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just baffling. Yeah, it is, it, is, it is weird, that path that they take right now. And, and I say this, and it really pisses everybody off, but – uh, I mean, you go to the Colts. I had, I had about a 20-minute long conversation on Wednesday with Zaire Franklin, that was fantastic. And people hear that, and you go, and you and you make it. You know, it really it magnifies the player even more than a player. And I'll, I'll give you this, I, Rick, on with Kevin and Andy Tuesday morning. I mentioned this to Kevin. Sounds great. He talks about other things, gets into stuff that you care about here in Central Indiana. And everybody needs more than that. And I mean, everybody. it's about time for Mike Woodson to come on back up here at some point, too. That dude hadn't been on back up here. I mean, I, Jeff Keg, Kegger got me going with a new football coach, but I don't think Woodson has been on up here, man. It just, it is good business for you to do that. Unless, you know, you don't like dealing with, you know, an a-hole or something like that. That's different. Uh, but I don't think I portray that. I know nobody else on this station does. And I just think I think these guys miss some opportunities being able to put their people, their personalities out there even more so. And sometimes, Mike, hitting an audience, you know, you, you, you hit a line of audience that maybe is not hardcore, that maybe is on the fence. And then you with, you know, with that casual conversation, you know, you draw them in in some other capacity. There are a couple of entities out there that are missing out on this and missing out on this big time. No doubt. No, you're, 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 and you made a great point about 
Carlisle being on the show uh, with you know with 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 Kevin. It sounds and, great. And, uh, sounds great. And, and yes. It 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 allows you to kind of see and learn about a person away from them. You know, up and down the sideline, showing emotion, get them excited. You get to see what they're like and having fun. And trust me, Rick Carlisle, in my years of covering him, while he may be a little quirky at times, and I'm not saying anything surprising, he is probably one of the smartest people I've ever been around who can actually have fun. And I guarantee you, your listeners would enjoy that. And I'm sure that's the case about players on that roster that um, you potentially could have on the show. But anyways, I don't want to take up all my time complaining, (laughs) but I just want to let you know, you my guy, I got your back, and that's how we roll. Because the reality is um, they need need all the pub they can get to help get even more people in the stands on what is a very exciting offensive production at times out of there. I'm not going to say anything about defense, but offensively, they can be freaking great offensively. Yeah, I'm telling you, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. They they can't guard anybody. And, you know, you look at last night, for example, it was just a prime opportunity. I, I, I thought last night, especially with the way the Pacers might played through three quarters, and then there's no Bam for the second half. You know, there's already no Tyler Hero. You know, Jimmy Butler's doing his normal parade to the free throw line bull crap because the NBA thinks we like watching that, but we don't. But... It was a prime opportunity, much like those four games at home where they swung and they missed on games that you absolutely had to have. You know, you're there through three quarters, and then you gag up 45, 45 points in the fourth with two of the top three players out for Miami. I mean, that's flat embarrassing, and that's a defensive component, Mike. I just don't think they have a solution for now or in the near future. Yeah, it, it, it is rough. And think about it. I mean, you got Boston on Monday night, and you're gonna try. I yeah. mean, what did they what, they? what did they give up? 150 or whatever to Boston? Um, a couple weeks ago, got blown out. Wasn't even a game. And I know. I mean, they they were the Patriots missing the players, but still, I, I like I said, and I'm gonna always give them credit offensively. But if you can't if you can't guard John, who is about to be what 50, what 54 years old uh, this month? Yes, it's um. Um, it, it, it's, it's going to be a travesty. If you can't guard, you're not going to have any chance in the postseason once you get there. Here's the thing that, that they do that I can't stand. Defend, and listen, I think defense sucks, right? But I understand that you have to play it. You have to show some resistance. And their problem is they don't show it anywhere. They don't show it at the guard position, at the point of attack. You got guys like, for example, Miami last night. Guys for Miami that were playing as, as backups in their role, they got to wherever they wanted to feel comfortable in scoring on the floor, whether you're talking about Duncan Robinson with practice-looking threes at times off a bad rotation, Jaime Hawkes Jr., the rookie, off the dribble, gets wherever he wants to on the floor to lay it in or to bank it in. These are just things that you have to stop. And I'm not even talking about them being – you know, like the New York Knicks of 1995 or something. I'm just talking about them offering a little bit of resistance. Mike, I just don't see it in them, and that's problematic. It's why I kind of wonder whether or not, Alex, thank you very much, brother, whether or not there's going to have to be some sort of roster change here when we see a trade deadline or what, because I, I just don't see that they have what it takes in that capacity right now. Which sucks. That part of it, that part of it sucks for that to be 
for that to be the case, too. Because, I mean, you and I have talked about the excitement going into this season, early in the season. Like, oh, my God, this is the year where they take that leap and take a step forward in the Eastern Conference. And now they get to the point where the man, they got to get somebody out there who wants to play defense. Even if that means going on the outside, trying to get help personnel-wise, that stinks. That that part that part of it sucks. That, I don't I don't um um that's not a good position to be in if you're a uh, Chappie Cannon and uh, Kevin Pritchard already. I love yeah. I, another example. I love to talk up Buddy Heald, um, but Buddy can only really play if he's knocking down threes. If he's because if he's not knocking down threes, then you know you're not going to get anything at the defensive end. It's just a hindrance, and I sometimes it almost is like you got to draw that conclusion early. And I know that's tough. I know you want to give this guy who's a knockdown shooter, one of the better shooters in the NBA, a chance. But, man, when he doesn't knock it down like he did last night and when he was awful, and I know he doesn't have a lot of games like that, but that was so costly because he he couldn't go out of chair on the defensive end, and he certainly couldn't do that last night. Mike, I did want to talk with you regarding the Colts. Six and five, seven seed in the AFC playoff picture as of right now. We move into officially the month of December and I know that this is not what we thought. We thought we were going to be watching the maturation, the evolution of a rookie quarterback. It hasn't been that way. But this is also really good in terms of giving a fan base something this time of year that has been few and far between in recent history. You agree? This is effing great going on with the Colts. Hey, that's, that's, and I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I want, I want to continue to get invited to come on every Friday at four o'clock. I don't want you to be, I don't want you getting called into the principal's office. But if I went on the air, I use the real word. But this is truly great because you think. Let's think about this season. You had the Jonathan Taylor situation in training camp. Jonathan Taylor missing time early on. Anthony Richardson getting hurt week after week early on until he gets shut down for the season. Shaq Leonard is out there, you know, going between going to get a barbecue in Texas with the Cowboys and getting a, a cheesesteak from Geno's in Philly while he decides yeah. which team he wants to go to. Gardner Minshew is in there. He's giving everybody, taking them on an emotional roller coaster. This team is supposed to flat out suck. Based off the things I just mentioned, they should flat out suck. They are six and five, seventh in the AFC. And with a golden opportunity, as they get ready to go through a stretch of playing boo-boo quarterbacks, the best quarterback they'll face the rest of the season will be in the final week of the season, and that's rookie C.J. Stroud. I think anybody, if you if you like the Colts, if you're a Colts fan, screw worrying about, oh, they need to lose so they can increase their gas. Now, nah, have fun with them. Let them get into the postseason. Shane Steichen, if they're in the playoffs, Shane Steichen deserves some votes for Coach of the Year. And I, I, I've maintained my group text with Joel Erickson, Zach Kiefer, yeah. Stephen Holder, Mike Chapp on them. And i tell you, Sykin can coach. Is he perfect? No. Give me one head coach in the NFL who's perfect. But what he has done with this team as a rookie head coach, this is effing incredible. <laughs> That's twice, man. I um... – yeah. I just watch them, and and while there's nothing earth-shattering because they could go down and easily lose to Tennessee, a four and seven team, on Sunday. Just like we can look at the remaining schedule, Mike, and go, man, you know, you got to win these games. It looks easy, but not for this Colts team because they're not, you know, a great team by any stretch, or you know, they're barely a, a good team. 
right now. But it is there in front of them. And you've covered this team for so many years prior. Is there anything better than a season in which you're an absolute out of nowhere surprise as they've been to a lot of Colts fans, at least to this point as we start December? Hold on, hold on. I, I lost you for a second. Can you repeat what you said? I'm sorry. Nah, it's, when you cover the Colts, you know, obviously Andrew Luck's first season, and, and it's different because he actually stayed healthy and, and played as the rookie quarterback, but you remember how everybody absolutely loved that because it was completely out of nowhere and a surprise. And that's how Colts fans are embracing this. And sometimes these surprise seasons where you're not supposed to be good, but you are, are even more enjoyable than the ones where you know you're going to be good and you're just that. Yeah, I think I I felt like there was a lot of air let out the uh, sale when Anthony Richardson got shut down for the season. Like, oh, great. We're dealing with Gardner Minshew the rest of the way. And you you made an excellent point. The Colts aren't a good football team. Thank God that other teams just aren't are even worse than them. And they could easily lose to Will Levis this weekend. And Derrick Henry can go out and run for, you know, 200 yards. That's potential. Yeah. K.J. Watt and company can come in the following Saturday and the Colts can outgain them because the Steelers don't put up – they haven't, you know, prior to the uh, change at OC, they didn't gain a lot of yards. So they can go out and lose that game too. But just to be sitting here going into week 13 of the NFL season with the Colts with a, with a uh, winning record – I don't think many people predicted that, even with it, had they had Anthony, a healthy Anthony Richardson at quarterback. No, I agree with you. So, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, friend of this show on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. My man, you tell the lovely and the fam I said hello, won't you? Will do, will do. Uh, what's my girl Laney got this weekend? We, got, uh, we have Pike and Indian Creek in Franklin on Sunday. Pike and Indian Creek. Yes. Okay. Is what we have. A little little vastly different, two different style teams. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, by the way, Indian Creek high school girls, Indian Creek's got an IU commit, and they're good high school-wise right there. So I I don't know what they're going to look like at that level. I watched Faith Wiseman at Indian Creek come in here last weekend in Brownsburg during the the, uh, Santa Sneaker uh, shootout and beat the Bulldogs in overtime last weekend. I, I watched Faith Wiseman in person. She, hey, she's a good player. Good player. Yeah, she, so I, and I think, she, she, I think she, maybe lost to Cedar Grove, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a bucket getter. Hey, will you tell my girl, Landy, get out there, do what she I does will. best, um, play great defense, Shoot them three pointers and ignore, and ignore dad when he's yelling at her from the sideline. Those three things hey, he is master. <laughs> yes. I'm Michael Bivens now. I'm just a hype man. Just all the hype. That's me. I'm clapping <laughs> and saying, get in the stance. That's about it. All right, buddy. Hey, have a great weekend. We'll talk at you next Friday, Mike. Appreciate you. Tell Layla hello. All right, brother, talk to you. Will do. Life is so much more than a diagnosis, it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline in our 14 Central Indiana. Joe Childers run CarX locations, maintain winter road readiness with CarX. CarX.com for that location nearest you today. We make this uh, not-so-subtle transition from the football season to the basketball season right now with Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. Hello, Bob. Hey, John. How are you? All right, so that football is done. I know you had a glorious Friday yeah. and Saturday. Yeah. The the one thing I was curious about do we know do we know the streaming numbers? Did the, was the IHSAA satisfied with what they got out of that uh, first time I, I and do, streaming I only? I don't know the numbers, but I believe they're satisfied. Yes, but I don't know what the specifics are, John. That's, gotcha. Um, I gotcha. I haven't uh, like you. I've kind of turned my attention to basketball, but I. My sense is, is they were good. Their streaming numbers have been have been up uh, in the last uh, few tournaments. Not just you know last year's basketball. Their numbers were great. Um, so you kind of anticipate them going up since it's basically the only way you're going to watch it. And so that's for another discussion, another time. And <laughs> I thought all in all, it was, I thought it was I thought it was a great I thought it was a great football tournament. I, mean, it, I think I think it really yeah. was. I mean. I think the year was good. I think that one of the things that people lose sight of, you know, I have Paul Condry from the regional radio sports network, the Indiana football digest on my show every week. And he's my partner on the, the, the pairing show. And he's saying that there will be upwards of 75 kids signed big time division one scholarships out of this year's senior class. And I think that's an, an astounding number. I think that's fantastic. And the numbers just seem to go up and up. Yeah, well, and you know what? We used to talk about this as, wow, do you remember the way that it was? And, you know, obviously it used to be just like basketball only. Sure. And then, you know, you'd, you'd have, you know, an outstanding football player here or there, but certainly not as to what you see right now. And and I've been impressed because you, you see it in football and you really now are seeing it in this state in baseball too and it, it, I mean, it, it just it looks like that the corner has been turned on both in terms of what this state is putting out at the highest of levels in each sport, combined with still the work they put in in the sport of basketball here. Well, I think it's also true in girls sports. I mean, you look at girls basketball, girls softball, we, you know, we have big time uh, power five conference talent in our state, in, in our girls' sports, not just our boys. And so, you know, I, obviously as a coach, former coach, I, I think a, a large part of it is due, in, in fact, to the great coaching our kids get. But uh, moms and dads are making financial commitments, and uh, kids are putting in the time, putting in the effort. And so uh, it's all good right now in terms of high school athletics and their opportunities in our state. You know what is whacked? You know what's whacked? And I played a lot of basketball, Bob, because I started compared to my age group and, you know, the options that you have. I started in first grade at the Bedford Boys Club. So I, I got a head start on everybody, me and a couple of my friends from G.C. But that was that was few and far between. Mm-hmm. I will say now, like my daughter has played already into the eighth grade, like twice as much basketball and basketball games than I ever did. Seriously. I mean, it is, it is so changed. It is like, and and for her, it's been a year round deal. And uh, you know, who knows what happens once you get in high school, but there is um, a lot of work being done 
at younger ages now of which that uh, you and I in different eras uh, were not a part of back then. My era, John, we did not have uh, – I did not play on an organized team until I was in the fifth grade, just so you know. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and there weren't – there were no – in Plainfield at that time, there were no opportunities. And, um, you know, it's vastly different now. You know, the, the cynical side of me says, yeah, it's changed in, in large part because there's money to be made. Someone somewhere figured out if you focus on youth sports, you can make a lot of money. And so you and I both know you have children. You've spent a lot of money. You, you understand yes. what youth sports are all about. I could argue that um, – uh, I could argue the negatives all day long, but I can also argue the positives. I just know, as you point out, the ears are vastly, vastly different. We're certainly not going back to the way it went, way it used to be. You know, it's funny about that. Here, here's the constant thought I get as a parent. My thought is missing out on something. What's up, Matt? Oh, yeah. It's it's yeah. like it's like you know the the pressure that you feel as a parent to make sure that your your daughter has a spot on a team in the spring. And I fight, Bob, I fight that, honestly. I'm thinking, you know, that's great, but I don't give, and, and I guess I'm old school in this way, I don't give two blanks about what happens in the summer, in in the spring, in the fall, in terms of, you know, competitive stuff. Uh, do you want them to get better? Yes. And you want them to work at it? Yes. But in terms of team stuff, all I care mm-hmm. about is what happens when, for example, she goes to high school and what she's a part of in high school and right. what she's able to right. be a part of in high school and those results or those just participation in general in high school. And, and I think I'm in the minority in that. I think I am because I think there's yeah, so much more are. importance now to what happens in the spring and the right. summer with everybody right. than there is during their school season. And all I care about all I cared about then was my school, and all I care about now was her school, and that's it. Well, I think that yeah, I think the big thing is as a parent, um, you need to understand how this game, this youth sports slash varsity athletics game, you need to understand how that game is played, and you have to decide. You can you can dis, uh, you have distrust it. You can. Uh, hate it, you can be against it, but unless you recognize it, unless you play the game, you're going to get left behind, you're in big trouble. And that's how it is. And you talk about pressure on families. Uh, I'm glad our daughter was a cheerleader. So I didn't didn't have to worry about all of it. And my grandson decided early on in his his career he wanted to play lacrosse, and so it's it's well chronicled my discussions about him. He made himself a player and had a great high school and college career, but uh, I understand, um, and I'm again. I'm so glad I'm, I don't have to go through that like you're going to have to endure. Yeah, well, I I work really hard with. I, I just want to maintain that that I I care. It's just like with Blake too, and running or in tra- I care about what you do for your high school team, and sure. I care much less about what you do in the seasons built around it. And again, as I mentioned, I, I think I'm in that thought process. In the minority, and you know what? I'm, I'm proud the to be there. I'm good. Most, yeah. yeah. Most of your uh, contemporaries are out there thinking that this is all about getting a college scholarship and all about taking a financial burden off of the family, which, in point of fact, is absolutely not going to happen for the vast majority of people. So, all that money you thought you you uh, you'll get back from uh, all the summer travel leagues that you were on, you're going to get that money back 
in a full scholarship and, and it's all going to balance out does not happen. Absolutely does not happen. So, hey, good luck. Knock yourself out and have some fun. And you see, the the, the, the problem, John, is that uh, not enough people have the attitude about caring what happens about your high school. And what's more important to most parents and kids, and what's more important is travel ball and, and scholarship opportunities. That has replaced uh, what we need to do for our local school. And it's it's a sad commentary on what's happening. I, I want I want her, I want him, and he has at Ron Colley. I want them to feel that profound joy of being a part of something yeah. that you yeah. will remember forever. And that's that's what I got. We didn't win anything at Eastern. Uh, I mean, we didn't win. And back then, that's when you won a sectional. It was like winning the state now in terms of class basketball. But we didn't win anything. But, man, I look back on that and – Oh, my God, was that great? I mean, I would not have traded a moment. Yeah, sure, I'd, I'd, I'd like to win, but, you know, with, with teammates yeah. and lifelong friends and relationships and all that, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking for. And, you know, I, I know that they're not going to be exactly like me, but I hope that they do have, as I mentioned, a profound experience in that capacity as I did at high school because it has served me well through my 53 years. It's a different world, John. Uh, that's, it's just uh, it's not like that. Nothing. You know, I, I wish I, I didn't have all white yep. hair, but that's not that's not coming back. So No, you look good. You look distinguished world. with that. Yeah, you look very distinguished <laughs> yeah. with that. Hey, we yeah. are at a time of year. Bob Lovell joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, where basketball-wise, we got some tournaments. Brownsburg and Southport yeah. coming up, I believe. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Southport's next week. Southport is South next week, right? Next Brownsburg, week. Brownsburg is this weekend. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you know what? These these early season one-day, whatever you want to call them, shootouts or uh, um, you know, extravaganzas, whatever they are, they're really, they're really, really neat. And I think, uh, so, you know, you, you're talking about, um, you know, at Brownsburg, Evansville Christian and Heritage Hills are the first game. I'm really intrigued by the Warren Central and Brownsburg matchup. I think that's a great one. Uh, I'd love to see the Brownstown Central Lawrence North game because Jack Benner, who's a Purdue commit, can absolutely play early candidate for Mr. Basketball. Addicts and Center Grove, those are some great games. And then you're talking about uh, some, you know, ranked teams, really, really, really good teams. And so Southport's on the ninth, uh, you know, a week from tomorrow, obviously. So Warren Central Center Grove is great. Heritage Hills. If you haven't seen the Sicily kid, Matt Sicily or Blake, I get them confused with the Sicily kid from Heritage Hills being recruited by every Big Ten school. He is tremendous. Uh, you'll want to see them because Heritage Hills will play Garen, Noblesville Addicts, uh, and this is Kokomo Fishers. You have some big-time players uh, in the matchup at Southport next weekend, John. You know what? And, you know, it, it seems like you got a state full of balanced, really high-level players. Well, you do. From I, south I, to I, north I, and everywhere yeah. in between, don't you? I think it's one of those years where we, we have some really, really talented kids. Like we've had, we've been on a cycle, obviously. And I also think that um, you know, what we talked about throughout football was the balance, I think, all the way through in terms of classes. And so you know, I, I have no doubt that 4A will be an absolute battle because there we rattled off some names of some teams that are, without question, pretty good. And uh, we're just getting started uh, for real. So, um 
a lot of reasons to be a football basketball fan. Plenty of opportunities to go out and watch great basketball this weekend and throughout the year. Yeah, yet uh, I believe CG over in Brownsburg has uh, Addicts. Addicts is a talented team. I, I think they, they they had a loss to start the season. I want to say against North Central earlier this week, but a very talented team is what they have. I mean, you look in, in 4A Cathedral, Ben Davis here on the west side, once again trying to go back-to-back. Uh, LN Fishers, I mean, where do you begin in 4A? <laughs> what? Well, you just you, you took care of it right there. I mean, I did. Uh, I took those, care of all of it. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're, I think the other part of it too is that can you sustain it over the course of time, and can you handle some injuries? You're talking about the most recent rankings. I mean, you got Fishers, Brownsburg, Center Grove, LN, Ben Davis, uh, Cathedral, Westfield, Kokomo, Attics, and and Noblesville. Now, not not um, surprisingly, that's Central Indiana right there. And so you had the same argument in football. I got the same argument in basketball. There's some tremendously talented teams here in the Central Indiana area that are, are frankly only going to get better and better. And this is not just for you. This I think is you know throughout uh, all four classes, quite frankly. All right, Bob Lovell's got you Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. Network Indiana affiliated stations for Bob Lovell and his incredible program, Sports Talk. Actually, you know, I'm off this month, so I could lob in, go old school and lob in one of those late Saturday night phone calls to you or something like that. You never know. It'd make, it would you make never my know. night. It would make my <laughs> night. You know, we always listen for you. We used to reserve the twelve oh five segment for you, but now we'll, we'll bump you. We'll bump you into that. Uh, we'll, we'll get you in before midnight. How's that? <laughs> yeah, you got that right. All right, brother. Have a great weekend doing sports talk, and uh, oh, yeah, watch it. out for my my call coming up on Saturday. I'll tell the. I'll tell my producer. Uh, screen everything very carefully coming up. How's that? I appreciate that. 12.05 is a good spot for me right there. (laughs) Thanks, John. Thanks, buddy.